If you are reading along in your uh, 90-day Bible reading program, you are uh, getting close to getting in the New Testament, and uh, you have been in the book of Daniel uh, reading and have come across this, and uh, having done so, uh, I just feel like it would be a good uh, good time. Uh, it is, there we go, uh, unmuted now, uh, thank you, uh, and uh, a good uh, illustration. I, I believe that the account uh, that we're going to read here uh, has a lot of um, connections to what has been going on uh, in our lives uh, as of late uh, with uh, the decree uh, and uh, all of the different stuff that's going on. Uh, my intent, I'll just say before we get into this message, uh, is to help you to understand my spirit uh, in regards to uh, the stay-at-home orders and uh, having church or not having church. Uh, again, I, I want to kind of state uh, that uh, regardless of your um, feelings about all of it, um, I just don't think we should be judgmental about people who are, who are staying home uh, or not having church, if you will. Uh, everybody needs to do what they feel the Lord would have them to do, and that's what we're, that's what we're doing. Uh, and I'm thankful uh, for people who come. Uh, I'm thankful for people who stay at home. Uh, I'm not thankful for people who aren't listening <laughs> uh, and, uh, and not. Uh, if, if you haven't connected to your local church, this church, uh, or some church, uh, obviously, uh, over the past couple of weeks, you just ain't trying. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, that says a whole lot uh, about, uh, about your spirituality, uh, if you can be disconnected for that length of time and not make an attempt. We're doing all we can uh, to make sure that everybody knows how to. Uh, we will show you, etc. So if you know somebody who has uh, not been connected via uh, these formats over the last couple of weeks, please do check up on them. Uh, and help them uh, to, to get uh, connected. We'll find our text in Daniel in chapter number 6, and we'll begin reading in verse number 10, and then we'll come back after we read uh, verse 10 uh, and get a running start uh, at uh, the context, the background to what we're reading here in verse number 10. Uh, you can remain seated. Uh, verse 10 says this, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open. In his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And notice what it says, as he did aforetime. Uh, by God's grace, I want to preach a message this morning entitled, The Spirit of Daniel. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so grateful for your word. And uh, Lord, for examples like Daniel that we have of, of just a consistent person uh, who just loved you and, and lived for you. And I pray that all of us uh, will be that way in our own life, uh, to be consistent with the Word of God, to uh, be dedicated and devoted to the commitments we've made to you and, uh, and Lord, to your Word and uh, the local church. And uh, we're just in difficult times. And I pray, God, that you'd bless and help us. Help me as I preach this morning in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Now, Daniel, being a prophet, uh, we know uh, by reading after or I guess commentaries and things, that uh, at this point in chapter number 6, uh, he had been uh, in Babylon uh, for 60 years, all right? He went over uh, as a, a young person uh, and straight away uh, through the, or after the, uh, I, I guess, a series of events in time, uh, he had uh, grown uh, and, uh, and kind of prospered to where, uh, as we read in the beginning of this chapter here in a second, 
uh, he was pretty important. His loyalties uh, to uh, his uh, king and that government were without question. Uh, he was somebody who was greatly involved. So as we look at this scenario, uh, please keep in mind that he wasn't some kind of, uh, of rogue uh, individual that didn't have any loyalties or connections to the government that he lived under. Uh, he was part of that government. Uh, he uh, was uh, a leader. So let's read in, in verse number one of chapter number six. It pleased Darius, he was the king, to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which would be over the whole, uh, should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, the king should have uh, no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes. Why? The uh, Bible says here, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. And so uh, there were 120 princes, governors, if you will, that were set up, uh, three presidents over them. Uh, Daniel was the chiefest of those three, uh, and he had grown in this way and prospered in this way and found favor uh, in the, the eyes of the king uh, because he had an excellent spirit in him. If you go back just briefly into chapter number 5, you can look at a couple verses there. Uh, verses 11 and 12 says a little bit more about him. It says, There is a man in whom the kingdom, in thy kingdom, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. In the days of, his, uh, of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him, uh, whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show uh, the interpretation. And so uh, he had a reputation of being somebody who uh, had wisdom and knowledge and had a, an excellent spirit. He understood things. He uh, could interpret stuff. He would, uh, would be able to communicate the hard things, and he didn't hold any punches. As an independent Baptist preacher, uh, he's the kind of guy uh, who uh, I would appreciate who would just say what needs to be said. Uh, but uh, he was also very savvy and, and concerned. If you read about uh, the time with, uh, with his shack, my shack, and a bungalow, uh, they, uh, they wouldn't eat of the king's meat. But, uh, but even though the keeper, uh, those who were watching over, were concerned because if, uh, if they didn't, uh, if they didn't um, gain weight and, uh, and didn't maintain health, they were basically feeding uh, these slaves uh, that they had brought over into Babylon uh, in, in, uh, in they had picked and select and getting them healthy, and he was concerned. Uh, so he said, hey, uh, let's just try it for a period of time, uh, and you'll see, and of course they did. And he did that out of care and respect for that individual uh, who loved him, uh, and he didn't want him to get in trouble. So uh, he spoke truth and did what was right, uh, but he also was considerate of those who uh, he was around and, and working with, uh, which is an important thing to, uh, in our mind to understand as we read a little bit further down. He had an excellent spirit in him. That's what this message is about, is having the right kind of spirit uh, when, uh, when there is difficulty, uh, and in this setting, uh, a, a setup. It was a, it was a lose-lose situation uh, for Daniel. Let's read a little bit further. Uh, verse 4 says, Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. 
but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. He was a, uh, a, a man who lived by faith. He uh, was part of uh, a heathen government, uh, but he loved God, was faithful to God, and was without fault and error. Uh, he was the kind of person like you would just try to think of something to criticize him on in regards to being a bad person or um, not moral in some way or whatever, and you just couldn't. He, he loved God, and so and everybody around him knew that. Then verse 5, then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, of course, speaking to his, his vanity uh, and, uh, and manipulate him. Now remember, Darius, uh, he's the one who appointed Daniel. Uh, he was uh, a right-hand man. Uh, and if we are to take this passage even through uh, the lion's den, uh, we, we find that Darius was concerned uh, for him. And uh, because of his excellent spirit, spirit um, Daniel uh, uh, didn't complain one bit. Uh, about what was taking place. Uh, and in fact, when he was delivered later on in the chapter, uh, he, he basically praised the king uh, as he came to the lion's den to see if he had survived the night. And all the presidents of the kingdom, verse 7, the governors, the princes, the counselors, and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing uh, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. So they said, all right, we're, because we set, went to the king and said, here's the petition. We've all agreed. We're signing this. Make it into law. Uh, and their law stated that uh, if the king made a law like this, that it couldn't be changed. It was just written in stone. That's what it, what it was. And, and so they said for 30 days, uh, there will be uh, no praying, no petitions made to any other god uh, except praying to you, uh, King Darius. Again, speaking to his vanity, and, uh, and that's just how it was at that time. Uh, and so he agreed, uh, and they passed the decree. Uh, and then we find the text that we read a moment ago in verse number 10, uh, where Daniel prayed anyway. Uh, he did uh, uh, what he was doing anyway. Verse 11 then these men assembled and found Daniel praying. Of course they were. That was the whole point. They knew uh, that, uh, that, uh, that Daniel was going to do what he always did. And so if we can set him up this way. And again, here's why it was, if he prayed to his God, uh, he would have been guilty. If he didn't pray to Darius, he would have been guilty. So either way, uh, if he prayed to, to God or to Darius, uh, he would have been found in fault to, to, uh, and hurt him in some way, uh, but they were banking on it because they didn't want him there. They were, they were, they were tired of or jealous of the favor that he had uh, with the king uh, and wanted to get rid of him. That was the whole plan. So they knew. That's why they set it up the way that they did uh, and, uh, and then found him praying. Of course they would in making supplication before his God. Verse 12, Then they came near uh, and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man uh, within 30 days, save thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? 
The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of thy children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee. Now that wasn't true. Um, it wasn't that he was disregarding uh, the king. Uh, uh, he was refusing to give the government the measure of obedience that belonged to God. He didn't intend to disrespect uh, Darius, uh, only to give a higher respect to God. Are you with me? Uh, so this is Daniel, 30 days. We're on our uh, 30 days to slow uh, the, the, uh, the spread uh, of the coronavirus. Uh, he was on a 30-day, uh, I guess, uh, decree uh, to stop the petitioning uh, of God. Uh, so it's where I saw it jumping out at us, obviously, uh, or to me, uh, this correlation. A 30-day, here's the rule. Uh, and, uh, and how are you going to deal with that rule? Uh, the Bible uh, says many things about our relationships to government. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 13 that we're to be subject uh, to uh, higher powers, uh, that all powers of God and uh, that God ordains that, of course. And, uh, and uh, we know that the scriptures say in the book of Matthew, things that were to render unto Caesar what's to Caesar and God, uh, the things to God. First uh, uh, Timothy chapter number two, verses one and two, uh, teaches us that we should uh, pray, uh, give supplication and prayer and intercessions and giving thanks, all that be, be made for all men, uh, for kings, and for all that are in authority, why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We are to pray uh, for our leadership uh, in part because we want, I want uh, everybody to leave me alone so I can live my life uh, in godliness and honesty. So we pray, we supplicate, we, uh, the Bible says to honor all men and love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Uh, there is no mistaking in the Bible uh, that God wants us to be subject to uh, higher powers or to be under authority. But every time that is stated, there's a subjection to authority is hinged upon obedience to God. Uh, for, like, uh, for example, children, obey your parents, what? In the Lord, for it is right. Um, to, uh, uh, to wives be in subjections to their husbands, uh, but it's all uh, in the Lord or for the Lord. Be mutually uh, uh, to submit ourselves one to another in the fear of God. Every time the Bible speaks of a subjection to authority, it's tied to obedience to God. Uh, and that's when the scripture says uh, in Acts chapter number five and verse number 29, uh, that we ought to obey God rather than men. Now, here's uh, in a nutshell, uh, having mentioned those verses, my belief uh, is that we are to subject ourselves to authority. Uh, authority comes from God uh, and that we do so uh, only and up until uh, that authority um, exalts itself above God uh, or causes us to sin. Now, you can take any, uh, there's a number of, in regards to going to church, for example. The Bible says we're not forsaken, not to assemble ourselves together. I believe God loves the church. I think we ought to assemble, go to church. Uh, it's a pillar and ground of truth. Uh, it's, it's a place that we go to be built up, edified. Uh, there's no mistake in that I believe that, uh, that Christians ought to go to church. Uh, and there are, um, uh, the church isn't a building. <laughs> I've heard that so much. Uh, and, you know, uh, the church isn't a building, it's people. And, uh, but I'm a local church guy, and I think the church is a, uh, a called out local assembly of, of saved and baptized believers. I'm not a universal churchist. 
uh, and uh, I believe that we're all part of the family of God, and one day uh, we'll all be a church that will be assembled, uh, church of the firstborn, if you will. Uh, it'll be in heaven, uh, but uh, it's, I'm not a universal church uh, person. So like when we do the Lord's Supper, for example, uh, it's members of our, of our church. And so uh, as we go from car to car and handing out that stuff, if it's somebody that's uh, not a member of our church, uh, they're not going to get uh, the packet. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, you're just gonna, and you're not getting any juice. You're just going to have to drink the water that you brought uh, when it's all done. Uh, and, uh, but because we're a local church. Uh, but the Bible teaches us this. It says that uh, for him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Um, I believe with all my heart for me that I need to go to church and be in church. That's why we have the doors open in, uh, in doing what we're doing during this time. Uh, uh, not going to church is a sin. Uh, and, uh, and when the government tells me that I can't go to church, I'm going to obey God rather than the government. Okay? Uh, so that's just my take on that. Uh, if uh, they said that I can't preach certain things, uh, it would be hate speech or whatnot, uh, I'm still going to preach those things. Uh, and let me also say this, and again, I, I'm not, if you're not at church today uh, and all that, uh, please, uh, I've, I've qualified this so many times in recent weeks. Uh, it's uh, I just, we are to obey God rather than men. But there are some Christians, some preachers, uh, who will um, think it's awesome uh, that somebody is in a closed country where it's illegal uh, to preach the gospel and they've got an underground church and they're sneaky moto uh, with everything they do and smuggling Bibles into places and they think that's the epitome uh, of, of Christian character to, at their own peril, uh, spread the gospel in an illegal way. Uh, we support people who smuggle stuff into countries and most preachers would agree that that is tremendous. Uh, but to disobey, disobey uh, a, an order uh, that uh, is, uh, is unconstitutional in, in many respects. And even our own state, uh, where the emergency declaration states uh, in the RCW uh, that uh, the exclusions will only go until uh, it would infringe uh, 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 upon someone's First Amendment rights, uh, 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 free speech, and to peaceably assemble. That's in our own RCWs for our state. And so, uh, so there's a lot of of scaremongering and a lot of things going on. But uh, I'm going to obey God rather than man uh, in these areas of my life. And, uh, and so that is one of the reasons uh, why we're having church. And uh, we'll continue to have church uh, through this time. But, of course, respecting the best that we can uh, the rules and the sanitary things uh, and all of that. Uh, but, uh, but if you think back to uh, even um, things about snowstorms, um, I've said for as long as I've been a senior pastor uh, that we're always going to have we're always going to have church even in a snowstorm. If I can get to church, going to have church, uh, and I just don't cancel it. And I get pushback. Well, uh, and uh, and think about it in relation to our current status. Um, you know, what if there's a travel advisory? Uh, and uh, and the snowing in the roads, uh, the roads aren't safe. What if it's dangerous to be out on the road? Um, couldn't somebody get hurt? The answer to that is yes. Somebody could get hurt. Uh, but uh, but um, I've just said we're going to have church, and I've said time and time again that if you feel safe enough to drive, you you have and exercise your own discretion, and you come to church. Uh, and uh, and but uh, if uh, if you 
crash on your way here, dent your car up, or, uh, you know, God forbid somebody get hurt. Uh, it is not my fault that that happened uh, because I'm, I'm having church and I refuse to cancel it. Okay, I, I'm not going to take responsibility for that because I've said, hey, uh, you need to take responsibility for yourself and make your own decision. If you stay home, I'm not going to call you a sissy or, you know, whatever. Uh, you're just going to, you know, you make that decision for yourself. And so even in this time, uh, if, uh, again, I gave and said last week, if you get the coronavirus, it's probably from, you know, a healthcare worker or being at Walmart, Safeway, uh, or whatever, uh, more than likely you're not going to catch it in a format like this, and especially even next week if we're, uh, we're in our car. So uh, I've asked you to exercise your own discretion uh, in these areas. So he uh, didn't disregard the king. Uh, he was just intending to give a, a more regard uh, to the Lord. And, 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 and at this point, uh, there's no question uh, that, uh, that he was loyal uh, to the king. Verse 14, then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. So he was trying to work every which way he could. Uh, and, but they said, hey, uh, in verse 15, you've established this with a, with a, a decree that can't be changed. Uh, and uh, so uh, the king commanded that they bring Daniel and they cast him into the den of lions uh, and, uh, and, and here's what he said. He says, thy God, uh, he says to Daniel, he says, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Uh, now, he didn't believe in Daniel's God. Uh, and I don't know if it was just, uh, you know, um, from history and other things, but, but he says, your God is going to deliver. Don't worry, uh, you're going to be okay. And we know he was stressing out because he went home, he didn't sleep. Uh, and he passed the night fasting and, uh, and nothing. People play instruments for him uh, and uh, try to comfort him, but his sleep wasn't there. And he rose up really early in the morning and he, and he gets down to the, uh, to the lion's den. And verse number 21, uh, verse 20, he says, And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee uh, from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, uh, live forever. He didn't say, um, yeah, he did, moron. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he delivered me. Uh, no, no thanks to you, throw me in here. Who do you think you are? Uh, and that wasn't his response. His response was, yep, uh, O king, live forever. And then uh, he snatched him up out of there. Uh, and he said, hey, all the people that set this whole thing up, you take them, their wives and their children and throw them in there. And, the, and it says the lions had mastery over them uh, and consumed them and, bro, uh, and break them, their bones in pieces uh, in the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote another decree. And that decree in verse number 25 says that all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingle, king, kingle, kingdom, men tremble uh, and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is a living God and steadfast forever. And so now uh, he makes a decree. It says, everybody, all, all you all are going to pray to the God of Daniel. So 30 days, don't pray to anybody but Darius. Uh, and, uh, and that didn't last but one, one day. Uh, and uh, he realized that he had made a mistake. Uh, and now everybody, so a moral of the story in part uh, is through that stand uh, and living through the lion's den uh, that now everybody around, uh, around that area uh, throughout the world at that time, 
the decree was you pray uh, to Daniel's God. And that's a good, good outcome. Now, what was it about Daniel's response? I'm going to give you three things and then, uh, then another application here before we end. But the first thing I notice about Daniel is that he had a spirit of conviction. Uh, a spirit of conviction. Uh, so what do you mean by that? Uh, he, um, he knew that the law had been signed, uh, but he did uh, what he did anyway. Uh, and uh, because he believed in it. And he, and he prayed uh, just like he always prayed. And, uh, and if you read in Scripture and, and understand history, uh, they would pray uh, to Jerusalem uh, in, in that direction and would open the windows and et cetera and doing that. Uh, many would pray outside. Uh, they would face that way. And, and there, were, there was, uh, wasn't necessarily a rule, but it had been practiced from the time of Solomon uh, and all the way through their history. And, and that is what they had, that's what they had done. So he had conviction about it. He, he knew his life was on the line uh, if he did uh, what he did, uh, he, but, he, uh, but he did it. He was a person of conviction. He also had a spirit of courage. Uh, I don't believe that he was ashamed to be a child of God. He wasn't uh, afraid to pray. Uh, I don't think he, I think he was very open. He was a courageous man. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and what he had done right here speaks to that courage. Uh, and then he was also consistent. Uh, in, in what he had done. Now, here's the application I'm going to make, and, and, and we won't be very long uh, or uh, as normally long <laughs> this morning as I am. Uh, but I want you to go back into verse number 10, and, and we're going to read that verse very slowly, and I'm going to point out a couple of things. Uh, because a lot of ways that this passage is preached, it gives you the wrong idea. And it's just, um, and I want to help clarify that uh, and give you my heart and my spirit about what we're doing Uh, during this crisis. Verse 10 again. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Um, What this means is that he knew, he understood. He was was, uh, very connected politically, obviously, in who he was and all the people that had done this and they passed the decree, they let everybody know what the decree was. And, and when he knew, uh, the Bible says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, it doesn't, the spirit of it is it like, oh, um, uh, they signed a decree. So uh, who do they think they are? I'm going to go and I'm going to swing open my windows uh, and pray so everybody can see me. That was not the spirit of Daniel. He had an excellent spirit. Uh, he knew that the decree was passed. It's like people would say, um, uh, well, uh, like uh, a couple times this last week, I'd go through the drive-thru uh, at uh, um, Starbucks. Uh, and uh, they say, well, how, how are things for you? What are you doing? Are you working? Uh, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And they go, oh. Uh, and they want to know, how is this affecting things? I said, well, we're doing things online and uh, over the telephone and, and stuff. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and because they want to make sure that I know uh, I know that what decree has been passed. Don't you know uh, that this? I know. Um, I've been keeping up on it. Uh, I've been watching it. I know, I know what the, the stay-at-home order says. I, I know what social distancing is. Uh, I, I know uh, uh, the, the list, not by heart, but I know the list of, uh, of, of uh, exempt or essential things. There's a huge, huge list. And then they added, they added all up. I, I was, uh, even yesterday, I got an email from Destination Harley uh, that said, we are going to be open uh, all of April uh, until 5 p.m. They've been deemed essential 
because they, uh, they have uh, uh, petitioned uh, the government and the government signed off on it. And so they're going to be open. I read further down in there, it said, uh, it said golfing is not essential. <laughs> uh, so bad news for your golfers, uh, it didn't make the list. And I, it was funny because like, right on the end of the list, like right down there, golfing is not an essential activity. Uh, and uh, so just wives, you remember that. Uh, and uh, when your husband says, uh, I need to go golfing, I have to go golfing, uh, you can pull up that RCW and that emergency declaration and just remind him that golfing is a non-essential uh, activity. Uh, and uh, so I, I, I know, I know what the, the rules are. I, I know I'm, I'm fully aware and grasp them uh, to the best that I can. And even though things change, I get it and I know. Uh, but my spirit isn't, oh, um, well, we're just going to do what we're going to do anyway. And not only are we going to do it anyway, uh, we're going to swing the windows open, if you will, and just poke people in the eyes with what we're doing uh, and, uh, and just say, here you go. Uh, and uh, nobody's going to tell us what to do. We're going to obey God rather than man. That wasn't the spirit of Daniel. Uh, it says, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open, it, 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 they were always opened. He always prayed three times a day. Uh, and everybody knew that. And so it's like, okay, the decree's passed. And so all the busybodies, they're just kind of watching Daniel as he made his way home. And, and he went up in his upper room in his, in his uh, quiet place, whatever, in his uh, palace, probably. At the time, he was uh, 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 a very popular, well-known, you know, rich, affluent person. Uh, and, uh, and he just, he prayed to his God and like, got him. But he did what he did aforetime. He always did that. So, so I just imagine Daniel as he's watching all this and this decree is being passed and, and it's like, hey, here's the, here's the thing. Here's, the, here's the, the press conference. The press conference stating that for 30 days uh, you cannot pray to anybody else except for Darius. Uh, and somebody who prayed to God and prayed, uh, and there's all, he, everything about the prophecy of, of the Babylonian captivity and what Daniel was doing and everything uh, that he was praying for, it was important that he interceded uh, for the people and prayed for his people. And so he's like, he's like okay, duly noted. Uh, and he prayed anyway. Uh, and he prayed like he did before. Uh, some would say, well, Maybe uh, he should have went up in his upper room and closed the window as to not aggravate uh, those around or to do so in private. I mean, it would be easy for him uh, to just for 30 days uh, adjust uh, and not do what he would normally do uh, and just close the window for sake of causing a difficulty and a problem and just pray in private. I mean, prayer oftentimes is private. But that wasn't the spirit either. He, he, uh, he was going to do what was right regardless, and he didn't change anything. He did what he always did. So for 2,000 years, uh, the local church is assembled on the first day of the week. And uh, for the past 50 years, uh, Berean Baptist Church has done so uh, on a weekly basis, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I'm assuming uh, through the entire history of those 50 years. For the past 33 years in my own life, uh, I have been saving before that. I, I went to church before that, but since I've got saved, it's like I'm going to go to church on Sunday and, and uh, Sunday night and Wednesday night or Thursday, or depending on, uh, on where I was at the time, uh, and go to church whenever the doors are open. Uh, it's what I've always done. 
It's what the local church has always done. Uh, and, and so my spirit through all of this is not a, here's what we're going to do. We don't care what everybody else is going to do. Uh, and, uh, and, and put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's not been my intention. My intention is just to do what we've always done all the time and have the right spirit. And, uh, and, and he knew full well what the consequences were if he did it. Now, the consequences in the state of Washington, well, it's tiered. I mean, they want to scare you. Like, I try to get my barber, uh, uh, not my normal barber, but the barber that normally trims my beard. And uh, so I texted him yesterday, uh, yesterday or the day before, and I said, hey, um, would, could, you, could you come by the church and uh, give me a haircut? I said, I'll, I'll pay you whatever you want. Uh, just come pay it. And I said, in fact, I get other people come. Uh, and he said, well, uh, we better wait uh, until all this is over because uh, if you do business, uh, then uh, they will fine you uh, or take away your license or whatever. Uh, and so I tried to remind him. I said, like, no, uh, you closed your business. Uh, and, uh, and so by doing a house call or somebody coming to you or whatever, if you're practicing hygiene or whatever, you can, no one's saying you can't cut anybody's hair. Uh, you just can't, you just can't have your business open because it's not an essential business. And I tried every which way to convince him, uh, to come and cut my hair and he did, he wouldn't do it. And, uh, and so I've determined that, uh, that barbers, you go to a barber shop and they've got tattoos and all this kind of stuff and they're just kind of rebels. They're really not. They're conformists. Uh, and uh, they're going to conform uh, to, uh, to society's rules and whatever. I need to find me a rebel, a rebel barber uh, to come out. I'm hoping uh, that in, when I'm in Arizona that, they, uh, uh, that I can find a barber shop uh, while I'm there. Uh, it, this isn't about just in your face kind of a thing. He knew what the consequences are. And so now it's like, you know, uh, somebody... You can go to a website and report, and somebody can come by, and they remind you the governor passed a decree, uh, and uh, and uh, so please follow it, uh, and uh, and they could all they could go down. In fact, in some states, it's like okay, if you have church, we're going to close you permanently. They can't do any of that, and uh, and so I'm not even. This isn't even about me practicing uh, my rights. Uh, or, or the government infringing upon my rights and all those things, which in, in many respects they are. All it is, it's like, I just go to church. I go to church on Sundays. Berean Baptist Church has church on Sundays. Uh, and, uh, and, and we go on, on Wednesdays for a Bible study. And we're not, on Wednesdays, we're like, okay, there's nothing in the Bible that says we got to meet on Wednesdays. Uh, so I've got no problem uh, uh, transmitting on Facebook Live uh, from, uh, from Mesa, Arizona, our Bible study and not having a person in this building. But Sundays, Easter in particular, I mean, that's kind of important. And, uh, and so, uh, and all of that could be a gross misdemeanor punishable by two days, you know, or whatever, something in jail and $500 or whatever. I know what the consequences are. I also know what the consequences are uh, to, uh, to uh, people and, and whatnot. Uh, Daniel wasn't concerned about what his decision and how that would affect his testimony. Um, he, just, he just obeyed God. But he did it a four times. So I want you to understand, one, is that if going to church wasn't your thing before all of this, and then all of a sudden, maybe if you're watching this and, uh, or, or you hear me say something about this on the Internet or see something, I've got a problem. 
uh, with people who, who didn't go to church regularly before all this, and then all of a sudden they're an activist for going to church and fighting the government. Um, that's not the take that we should have. Um, it's just, I, I want to be faithful to the Lord. I want to I be faithful to uh, the service of God. Uh, it's not that I'm, uh, that I'm not regarding the king. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just giving more respect to my God uh, than I am a respect to a higher power in obeying God rather than man. Uh, and in fact, uh, a lot of what has been, uh, has been said or the things that we're doing uh, are suggestions and best practices. And, uh, and, uh, and when you read, I mean, you can go out, every, you can go everywhere, do everything. Uh, if you read that list long enough, you'll find a, an exemption for yourself uh, to do what you're doing. And I'm not going to play games. I was thinking about having uh, some candy bars for sale out in the foyer uh, so that you could say, I'm here, I'm here to buy some candy bars <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, and, uh, and to find all the loopholes and, and whatnot. You know what? Um, just going just gonna to open the window and pray uh, and do what I did before the decree was passed. Uh, and, uh, and if, uh, and if uh, I get fined with a gross misdemeanor uh, or, or a, a neighbor thinks I'm a terrible person, uh, because because I had church or whatever, I can't concern myself with any of that. I have to concern myself with uh, with um, following the Lord, following His Word, following my conscience as it's in the Holy Spirit of God in my life, and that's just the only thing that I know to do. Um, but you know, God is my witness, and you're my witness. Uh, that I've said dozens and dozens and dozens of times of in the in the 18 years for some of you that I pastored in the uh, in the 14 years I've been at Berean Baptist Church we're gonna have church if electricity is out we're gonna have church uh, if there's five feet of snow outside we're gonna have church if there's a hurricane uh, and uh, a typhoon and tornadoes coming through if I can get here uh, I'm gonna preach and so how has that changed uh, with what is going on right now well it's different it's not the same I, I know it's not the same it is different. Um, but, but God's not changed. And, uh, and so, so I hope that if you come here and assemble, uh, that you stay healthy. And, uh, and, uh, but, but here's a, if you get the coronavirus, uh, I'm not taking the blame. Well, I wouldn't have got it if I didn't come to church. Well, you know, um, you probably got it somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, ain't nobody licked you since you've been in here, uh, and uh, at least not that I had seen. And, and nobody's coughing, and uh, and everybody's uh, uh, spread around and whatever, trying to follow the rules. So I hope that you stay healthy. Um, but but you know what? Um, there's a there's a part of me uh, in all of this that that is irritated at how easy uh, it has been to derail Christians. Um, from going to church. My prayer is that when the restrictions are lifted, that, that people go back. But there are a lot of people that in our church and churches all across the world that either just started to come or whatever, and, and they're going to be gone, just gone. Uh, and uh, um, and I, just, I don't want to develop uh, our uh, video stuff and media things or whatever. I just want to get back to having people sitting in, in church uh, and hearing the word of God and worshiping God uh, like God would want us to do. And, uh, and I'm preaching this message so that you know uh, here and whoever's watching 
that this isn't a pokey in the eye governor <laughs> or, uh, or government. Uh, it's just like, this, we just, this is what we do. And, uh, and we're going to do it till the Lord comes back. Uh, and uh, and that's, that's just how we are. Uh, and, uh, and, and we know um, uh, that the decree was passed, uh, and, uh, but we're just going to do uh, what we've done a four time. So I'd ask you to pray for me uh, and uh, pray for our church, pray for each other, pray that we could have a good Easter service. Uh, uh, we're not going to sneak. Like, like I even thought, like, okay, let's just, you know, if you come today, park in the back or do this. I'm not going to sneak. It's just here. It's just here. We're doing it. Uh, and what we're doing, and that's what we're doing. Um, but just being faithful uh, to the Lord in those things, and I hope that you see uh, a, a spirit in me uh, that, uh, that we find here uh, in Daniel. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless us today. I'm so grateful uh, for uh, the local church. I'm thankful for the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God. And I pray that, uh, that each and every one of us uh, that are part of this church uh, would obey your spirit's leading in our lives and the things that we decide to do and not to do and uh, that we would trust you. And, uh, and, uh, but above all, that we'd give glory and honor to you uh, above man. Uh, and uh, Lord, help us never to sin uh, against you and your word and in our conscience and uh, when we know to do right and to not do it uh, and to excuse it away uh, with, uh, with a lot of the um, uh, pragmatism uh, in uh, things that are, uh, have, are being voiced today. Uh, and Lord, uh, we need you. We need your guidance and your direction. We just pray your blessing uh, upon us in, the, in those ways, Lord. Uh, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Uh, amen.